You're listening to the Auburn Express. What's up in War Eagle War Report family? You got Ike Jones. We're here. Another morning drop today. Talking key matchups, Auburn versus LSU this weekend, heading into the matchup Tigers versus Tigers. Uh, let's figure out where Auburn may have some advantages. Y'all know how we do right here, War Report style. Let's drop it on them. You are now listening to the War Report. Morning drop. We are here, and it is Wednesday morning. You got Ike Jones joined by my guy B. Will. What up? Here talking a little Auburn versus LSU and trying to figure out how Auburn can get in here and get a win in Death Valley. Back to back wins in Death Valley. Is that even possible for Auburn? You know, we got to talk about it, man. How you feeling this morning, though? Feeling all right. Feeling all right. Feeling encouraged because, um, I think I stand to make a little money this weekend without playing a solo on this spread. 12 points. Start, I think it opened at 12 and a half. I think I think you said you saw it as, as wide as 14. 14, I think, is when I first when they like literally when they did the first lines that dropped for the yeah. following weekend, it was somewhere around 14, 14 and a half. It's gone as low as 11. And it's I think right now it's sitting around 12. So, yeah, that's good money right there. It's good pickings. Um, I'm, I'm excited about that. First off, though, that's 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 the first thing I'm excited about that. For sure. For sure. If you guys are in here this morning, we appreciate you dropping in with us. We need you to be doing the necessary that's sharing the video, getting some more people involved in the conversation. We always appreciate seeing those shares out there on social media. If you haven't already, go ahead and give a thumbs up to the video, like the video, subscribe to the channel. If you haven't subscribed already, if you're watching and you just kind of like, I mean, I don't really know if I like these guys subscribe anyway. You're going to watch anyway. Might as well subscribe anyway. That doesn't cost you any money. And it doesn't even make you, um, you know, uh, duplicitous in your brain to be subscribed to a channel when you don't like the guys you're watching. Throw the sub out there, man. It's all good. Um, in addition to that, if you're listening on podcast right now, make sure you're giving us a five-star review. Let's get those five-star reviews popping up there. And share the podcast with somebody. Let somebody else know. I mean, did you hear what these clowns over at the War Report were saying this morning? Listen to this. Those yeah. kind of shares are okay, too, man. I'm good with that, man. Just don't be clipping our stuff and then put it in and sharing it out of context. Share the whole thing and then give your out of context take along with the whole video. There we go. That's what I appreciate. There we go. We appreciate that. Uh, but let's get into the conversation, man. Uh, Auburn is bringing in a good – I think I, I said this when I was talking to somebody else. I believe, and you guys can disagree with me if you want to, and be will, you're free to disagree with this. I believe Auburn is bringing in the best defense that LSU will have faced to this point this season into Baton Rouge this weekend. What are your thoughts on that statement right there? That That is an obvious affirmative. We are the best defense they would have faced. I think there are... Out of their four defense that defenses that are quality defenses this year, I think the Florida's defense is good. I do think Kentucky's defense is good in spite of last weekend showing. I'm not sure they're as good as I thought after last weekend showing. They're giving up 50-plus to Georgia. Georgia's defense, Bama's defense. Texas A&M's front is good, but they're not elite. We, obviously, we know that. But 
I think we are, well, let's say top five. Top five, we are in the top five of those defenses. I don't think we're number one. Bama probably has the best defense so far. But again, Bama hasn't played anybody that can really put up points, so they haven't been tested yet. I think this will be our defense's first true test. And after this weekend, against what's probably, definitely the best offense in the conference, mm. I mean, you can start putting them up there with everybody else in the nation as well. I'd say top five of the nation offenses LSU's is. We'll know exactly who we are on defense after this week, but we are their stiffest competition to date. We will be this weekend. So that you bring up an interesting thing. Do we know who Auburn is for real on defense? Georgia's offense prior to our game had been stagnant early in games, and they continued to do that. And we held them primarily in check for the vast majority of that game. Texas A&M, I mean, they haven't been dynamic offensively all season. Outside of that, you've got a Cal team that really is a one-man show, unless you want to insert the quarterback into that conversation that came in 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 relief duty. Has Auburn faced an offense that would really put them to the test yet? And could we be seeing an Auburn defense that's benefited from facing subpar offenses so far this season? Is that a possibility, or is what we're seeing real out there? There is no doubt that California was not a good metric to measure whether or not we're a good defense. They're an awful team. They're a bad offense. Texas A&M, kind of, sort of, because they were able to pass the ball a little bit, but we had to get down our roster, our depth chart, before they could actually start moving the ball through the air. So some folks went down. It's interesting because I grade on the curve a lot when I'm doing this. You are less forgiving. So how do you view the points that we gave up? <laughs> Am I less forgiving? You're less forgiving when it comes to grading on that curve because I say, hey, you got your your first and second string guys out there that I think it's fair to grade you. Once you get down to your third string guys because the guys are going down live in game, I'm not going to hold those 14 points that we gave up to Texas A&M the same way as I would if Jalen was out there the whole time, if DK was out there the whole time. I, I view that a little differently. Uh, that we gave up to to Max Johnson later in that game. But I think, I think we are a very, very good defense. It's not just because we were able to hold these guys down in points. Texas A&M didn't look great last weekend either. They didn't get the long ball like they were able to get us against, uh, get against us. But again, we were down on our depth chart. I think what we did against Georgia for the vast majority of the game is an indicator that we are a very good defense. Not only were we able to pick the ball off, we were able to really slow them down. They weren't able to just get whatever they wanted until we had one of our our best secondary player, perhaps. I mean, we thought it would be DJ James coming into this year, but Jalen Simpson has been an all-out baller. He goes down. We can't defend the same way with the second defender on Bowers, and now Bowers starts getting what he wants. I don't think that's a coincidence. So, yes, does Jalen Simpson not being in the game change how we look as a secondary and, and therefore as a defense? Of course it does. So if I'm going to assume everybody's healthy, then I say, yes, we are in the lead defense, no matter what who we've played so far. If he's not there, then nah, we don't look so good anymore. But I'm willing to say yes, because I'm going to assume the guys who started the season that have been starting these games are the guys who are going to start the next game. Therefore, as long as they're on the field, we are an elite defense. Yeah, so what I will say is I think that Auburn is an elite secondary. I think that Auburn is a good run defense, not great, good. Um, And we are not good in the pass rush. That's true. That is true. Yeah. So 
when we talk about key matchups for me, the obvious one is Jay Daniels versus the defensive backs because those yeah. are the premier matchups. Right. For me, I think the matchup that's going to determine this game, though, is that Auburn defensive line versus the LSU offensive line. Are we going to be able to make sure that we're rushing with discipline, whether we're getting pressure consistently, I don't think really matters because Jaden Daniels is a guy who's been able to, number one, avoid pressure pretty consistently. But number two, when he escapes pressure, run for a long time. Yes. Are we going to rush with discipline to not allow him to get outside of the pocket? And number two, are we going to be able to bottle up that run game to make them half to rely on the pass game. That's not a bad thing for them to do. We rely on their pass game. Let's be clear. Right. You're not exactly forcing them to, to play with their left hand here, but are we going to be able to do that consistently um, against them is the question that I have because their offensive line has been physical so far this season is mm -hmm. the physicality of Auburn's defensive line going to be able to meet that of LSU's offensive line. So looking at some metrics um, at, at one site that I found, they compiled all of the, the metrics that are available from multiple sources about how these teams play and going into the Missouri game. This is before the Missouri game. LSU ranked third out of 130 teams in line yards. That is how much room does your offensive line give you before the running back touches the ball? Mm -hmm. Do they give you enough space? Three. Three. There is no coincidence that they look so good on offense when your offensive line is able to find you that much room. Can our defensive line impact or, or, or at least limit what they want to do and how much room their running backs get? I do not know. Yeah, I do not know. I can't say I have a lot of confidence because what we haven't had. Now, here's the thing, though. Marcus Harris versus the run. Good. Mm. Really good. That's one, though. Yeah, That's one. We need more than one. We need. You really I'm not going to lie, man. I hate the fact that Nasili Kite is down, man. That young man, I think, was playing very solid for us at the defensive end position. Um, of the guys that we could afford to drop, or excuse me, of the play uh, positions along that defensive line that we could afford to drop, not necessarily the player. I think that that's the room I think that has the most potential guys that could step in. Right. Right. When you're looking at. Guys like, of course, Keldrick Falk that I think is going to be a stud. Um, when you look at guys like who haven't played a lot this year, I think, you know, they were probably trying to hold him back up, uh, hold him back on this season. But a guy like Wilkie Donat, I think, actually is going to be pretty decent for this team. Um, and he's a guy that I'm looking to potentially get some more playing time this week. Um, and then when you look at a guy like Steven Sings, who has not been playing a lot, they've been playing him at the Jack. Will they move him over to play some more defensive end now? Like, right. Having the bye week come in and hearing Coach Hugh Freeze talking about how they're self-scouting and what are our tendencies been, uh, you know, in certain down and distance and that sort of thing. I'm hoping that they have seen this pass rush needs some help. We've got to figure out a better way to get at the quarterback. And, right. and this will be the game that it needs to show up. Because this is the game where you cannot afford to use secondary players rushing the pass. So that's that that now is the problem because unlike Georgia, unless you're definitely gonna get home. Like you right, got right. you, you can't. <laughs> Jaden Daniels is gonna embarrass you if you're sending additional guys and you're not getting home. Yeah. Whether it's him escaping the pressure because he is fast or having the accuracy in the wide receivers to be able to make plays down the field, 
in into the vacancy that you leave when you blitz. Like they have the talent to do it. I don't think you can gamble as much with outside guys coming to to try to get home to the quarterback. What you can do, I I, I can't even say you can send linebackers because I saw him showing some throwing some great intermediate routes as well. This is where you need four. And the way we were able to affect LSU the last time they had an awesome passing offense and we went down there and and held them to their lowest point total of the season was because we didn't even need four to get pressure. You had a game record and you got all the pressure you needed to get with three dudes. We don't have it like that this season. I mean, we might be able to, to stifle the run pretty well so far. We don't have a game record like Derrick Brown who can completely just throw one offensive lineman at your quarterback right. and he doesn't know what to do. How do they account for a lack of pressure with the front four. Cause you, again, listen, I don't, there's so many dudes. I mean, neighbors and what's the other guy, the receiver that they got? Um, it's neighbors is one dude. I can't remember his other name. I just got done watching the rebroadcast, but, um, golly, go ahead and keep talking. I'm going it's yeah. going, it's going to pop in my head in a minute, but, but I, I can't even I say just talking to this, to, to, to the dude about this last night, but anyway, they don't, they look, Good. I think this is more about Jaden Daniels than it is about those position players, honestly. Um, neighbors looks good and the other wide receiver looks dependable as well. Thomas Jr. saying Thomas Jr. Okay. But they they know where to be. Uh, let, let me give them this and give them credit where we <laughs> we haven't been able to succeed here. Their wide receivers know where to be. Mm-hmm to get the ball. They know where to go based on what this defense is showing them. And man, Daniels is gonna find him. He's gonna get the ball there. The middle is 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 a dangerous place for us to be leaving, taken away from as far as our personnel. So is the back end. I don't know. I'm I'm worried. I can't say I'm not worried. Our best chance in this game is not necessarily in us defending them. I do think that we can mix up looks. The experience. They know how to confuse at least a couple of times. They can make it hard for you for a little while. I don't think you don't hold this this offense down for four quarters. You might not even hold them down for three. One and a half, two is what you need. And then your offense has to possess the ball for the rest of the way. I do not think this is a game where our defense can hold them to 27 points. Like, I think they get past 30. I don't think they get past 40, though. Hmm. So that, that's a, the question that we have to ask. It, do you think, and I think Mike G said he feels like the magic number is 30 points. Like, is that the number that you need to be able to hold them under is 30? If you hold them under 30, are you in a good spot on this? If you hold them under 30, I think we can win this game. Now, any between 30 and 37, then it's a coin flip because, of course, we have to depend on an offense that we haven't seen produce much for us so far. And do I have confidence that we'll be able to get into the 30s against an SEC opponent, even a bad defense? Not necessarily. We, we, we haven't looked in sync at all. We haven't looked like we have been able to execute the things that we want to do. They're going to be changing things this offseason. Like Hugh Freeze specifically said, they're not changing philosophies but they're changing how they approach some things. Or what, mm-hmm. I'm asking you to do this. Should I keep asking you to do this? No. All right, take it out. Now, the things I am asking you to do, can you do that? All right, great. Well, let's hammer down on that and coach it better. It's like, man, I, they're a well-oiled machine over there. They've got some experience going back to last year with that battery of these wide receivers and that quarterback, and we are still trying to figure this out. So do I have confidence that we can go score for score with them into the mid-30s? No. Under 30, I think we win if we hold them under 30 points. Mm. Mm. 
Well, listen, um, a lot of work to be done to make that happen. Is it impossible? Absolutely not. And no. uh, I am looking forward to seeing what Ron Roberts has cooked up, cooked up with an additional week to prepare because I feel like he has done an admirable job. Um, so maybe getting some new guys rotating in there and seeing some young guys step up will be the remedy to get this pass rush going. Let me ask you this, Ike. What does, does this feel like a... Show show me what you got game from the D.C., from Ron Roberts. You got a lot of experience, even though we don't have, we're not, maybe our front seven isn't elite, but what we do have is a lot of experience and an extra week to prepare for the best offense in the conference. Is this a, a statement game as far as Ron Roberts saying, y'all forgot who I was, Baylor. <laughs> <laughs> is, is this an opportunity you feel like? Because I, I didn't know that that was going to be a statement game from Kevin Steele, but that was probably his most impressive coach game 2019 against LSU because of how good the offense was and how low we were able to hold the points. Do you feel like this is an opportunity for Ron Roberts to show his chops SEC best offense here in, in week six, seven? Yeah, no, this is absolutely a game where you you make your money. Right. And this is not just Ron Roberts. I'm talking about players on the field. You make your money this week. This is a team that has been a locomotive on offense and if you find a way to go out there and shut down this potent LSU offense or at least limit them in a game where you come in and and nobody's giving you a shot to do that because LSU looks invincible, because that's what happened in 2019. LSU looked invincible offensively. Mm-hmm. How are you going to hold down this high, this potent offense? And I get it. We don't have Derrick Brown. We don't have Marlon Davidson. Can the collective unit that is the Auburn defense make them look human this week? And if you can figure out a way to do that, if you can confuse Jaden Daniels like no other defensive coordinator has been able to do so far, if you can go out there and disrupt LSU offensively like no other defensive unit has shown the proficiency, even Florida State, because people forget LSU kind of got what they wanted against Florida State and they stalled out some drives there or it could have gotten ugly in that Florida State game early. Can you do what no one has done so far this season? Don't know the answer to that. But that absolutely needs to be the message this week for those young men playing on the defensive side of the football is, hey, it's on us. Yeah, Let's go out here and set the tone and let's get the ball back to our offense as many times as we humanly as we possibly can so that they can go out here and, and have more opportunities to face a defense that has not been good against anybody this entire I'm I'm talking about even grambling move the ball against this defense. Right. So come on, guys. Yeah. Yeah. We got we All got right. a chance. <laughs> we we definitely do. All right. And that then and um for the LSU fans out there in the chat trying to pretend as if us talking about your defense being terrible is um crazy talk, please just look at the numbers and tell me that I'm lying about that. I get your offense has been potent. Your defense is trash, and I will continue to say your defense has been trash until they prove otherwise. Our offense has not looked good. We're not making any illusions about our offense, which is why we're not spending a bunch of time sitting here pontificating on the offense. It hasn't looked good, hasn't shown me anything. I'm focusing on the fact that your defense is straight up booty cheeks. Yeah, this is strength on strength right here. Terrible offense versus terrible defense. And on the other side, a a great offense versus what appears to be a very good defense. So it should make it at least an interesting game. 
and severity. Wool Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from the Wool Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. We'll be right back after we pay a couple bills. Drop! Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. Drop! Uh, We appreciate everybody who is in here dropping in with us this morning in the live chat. We want to get in here and see what you all are talking about. A lot of great conversation happening this morning. We'll get it kicked off with Todd Jordan, who says, still tired of the blame being on the game plan. Receivers running wide open and PT, that is Peyton Thorne, not throwing is not game planning. How about we expect more from our professional athletes? You're putting emphasis on professional there because they are collecting NIL money right now. They are. Um, I I lean more your direction, Todd, because I know that the game plan has looked wonky. And why are you asking this guy to do that thing? If I produce the opportunity for you, then you have to capitalize. And that's that's how I lean with most of this. We even saw some of that um, after we watched tape in Harson's year one. And we realized, you know, I want to say it was Texas A&M. And we were watching like shed running wide open in the end zone. It's like so. So you're just not looking downfield or you're just not throwing the ball. Now, how bad can I say Mike Bobo is or in this case, how bad can we say Philip Montgomery is if. Yes, the offense is not producing points, but if I am giving you those opportunities and you aren't equipped to take advantage of them, I don't think that's a game plan problem. Now, on the flip side, you could easily say, if you game plan, but you are game planning something that the players can't execute, then you need a different game plan. And I think that's fair, but to this point, the first five weeks of the season, you put things out there that your guy has been able to execute in practice, it's on him. If he could execute it there but not in the game, that's a player issue. The bye week is the opportunity, though, to say, okay, we know what you can and can't do despite what you may have been able to do in practice, despite what you say you get. Let's change this game plan based on what now we know you can and cannot accomplish. Now the game plan should make more sense. It should be easier for these players to execute, and that's what I'm looking for coming out of the bye. Yeah. Uh, listen, um, the game plan deserves some blame, whether we want to assign most of it there or um, not enough of it being put. I, I don't care what percentage you're saying. It's got just got to be in there. Um, is there a, a percentage of blame that needs to be on the players uh, that are amateur athletes, regardless of them being pl- paid um, any money for their name, image and likeness? They're not being paid to play football. That's Let's true. be clear about that. So that's not that, that they're, they're still amateur athletes, regardless of them being able to take advantage of the fact that they have popularity, which I think is one completely fair. Um, but. Yeah, the game plan deserves a percentage of the blame. Now, we can debate about what percent that is, but it still has to be there. And I like coaches taking accountability for their portion before they go and heap right. blame upon the players. Um, so I, I'm here for that. Uh, Legit says, are you guys satisfied if we score 40 and still lose? This is a very good question. Hmm. I'm, I'm not. I want to win. I want to win this game. I want to beat LSU for the last time that we for the foreseeable future, at least, that we would play 
at LSU. I don't want to end this rivalry with a loss like we did against Georgia. I mean, yeah, we we would well, we don't we're gonna play Georgia next year. We know that, but mm-hmm. all of these games are up in the air now. We don't know when we're gonna play these people again. And I want to win this with a win because it's winnable. Like that, that's really the big thing. Their defense is terrible. You have a shot here. Like this is not one of those situations where you look at, oh, well, they've got the top five of every class and they were top 10 in every category last year and they brought everybody back and you just pieced it together with transfers. Like sometimes that is an actual reason why you can't compete with another team. That's not the case this year. Like they're giving up points and yards to everybody. Struggling offense, sure. You can run the ball, run the ball and, and kill them and take advantage of what you are good at so we can win the game. I don't care if we score 40 or we score 25. If we can win the game, make sure you win the game. Win yeah. the game. That's what I want to do. I will, uh, satisfied probably isn't the right word. I will be pleasantly surprised if that happens. I will feel as if, you know, we found some things. I just don't know that LSU's defense is a predictor of future ability, right? Like, right. If, you, right. if you do well against LSU's defense, are you back offensively? No. Right. right. We we put up a bunch of points and yards versus Samford. That doesn't make our offense competent all of a sudden. Right. Um, now, how we score those points and what way, you know, I see us utilizing people in certain scenarios that will give me comfort. But I don't want to lose the game, period. Right. Scoring 40 points against a bad defense doesn't make me feel better. Not scoring a bunch of points versus a bad defense. However. that That's true. If we can't if we can't break 30 against this defense. I think that's a bad, that's a really bad sign. Jeez. Yeah. yeah like I said, I, I'd, I'd like to see it because I think our offense needs it, but I still am not, I'm not going to, I, if you're asking me if I'm going to come to the post game and be like, we lost man, but shoot, we scored 40. No. You know, at, uh, going back to those, uh, these stats that's, that are compiled out of 130 teams, they rate every team's offense and defense on finishing drive. So coming into the Missouri game, Missouri was 40th in the nation at finishing drives. That is whether you are scoring at in the red zone and when you get there, if it's a touchdown, then that ranks you higher than if you're just kicking field goals. LSU's defense, 130. Mm-hmm. Allowing teams to finish drives. What yep. that means is you, you should be able to get what you want in the red zone. You should be able to get down the field. There's so much opportunity here. Pure dysfunction. If you've got two weeks to plan for an awful defense and you can't get at least 30 points against this team, dysfunction. Yeah, I I would not be very happy with that. Uh, Unless LSU just woke up some kind of way and they are playing lights out and you're like, yo, where did this LSU defense come from? But if it's because we lack the ability to do anything and we're just not showing competency, not going to be happy with that. Uh, Todd Jordan jumps back in. Defense is defense. Defense is decent. Excuse me. Lack of pass rush is our biggest issue and will bite us against good offenses. Could not agree with this more. Um, Miller House says, I hope the linebackers are ready to stop the run as well. LSU has solid running backs. Uh, I like the young man that they brought in the transfer from Notre Dame. I think his name is Diggs. Diggs, yeah. Uh, he's he's added an element to that rush offense of physicality. Um, he doesn't feel like a home run hitter to me, but he feels like a guy that's going to get tough yards for them. Uh, so it's going to be a big challenge for our linebackers, as he says, to step up out there and play. Still no Austin Keys in that linebacker core. Uh, hopefully uh, we have some guys that are ready to to play downhill versus the run in this game. Yeah. 
Steve Bradley asks, Ike, does Robert use a spy on Daniels? Roberts use a spy on Daniels. Um, I don't know the answer to this question as to whether or not we spy him. Um, I don't know that a spy is is the best tactic. I mean, he definitely can break the pocket and, and, and do some things. I think this year more than ever though, he's not looking to run as much. He's running when he needs to. Right. Uh, he pulls sometimes on the RPO when he probably shouldn't. Um, and so that's not really even a spy type of thing. I think if you play the fundamentals of your defense properly, you don't really have to spy. I think it's really right. more so about what you're able to do with whoever the four are that you're going to be sending. Whether right. I, I haven't seen a zone blitz a ton this year where we're sending a guy off the edge, but we drop a defensive lineman back. Right, right. Uh, maybe we'll do some stuff like that this year. I mean, this game, I, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, a spy just hasn't really been something that we've done a lot this year so i don't and i'd have to go look at ron roberts film to know whether something he employs on a, a more consistent basis so right now i'm going to say probably not uh, but hey I, I don't know if it's worked for anybody else either so yeah i mean it's a great opportunity to try some stuff you haven't tried yet i mean you free said that about our tendencies is breaking mm-hmm. some of those tendencies to do some stuff you haven't done because you got the time to get it in the players and rep it a bunch of practices I would love it if they came out and showed some stuff they hadn't done so far to get some, because I, I don't think you can go man against this team. I think you have to go zone to slow them down. Now I saw them eating Missouri zone alive. Yes, they did. But you at least, I think you give yourself the best chance to keep them from scoring very quickly because the thing about man is you can get burned or Jaden Daniels. If everybody's back to turn, he's too quick. We talked yeah. 20, 30 yard scampers. I don't think you can play man with quality against quality wide receivers and a quarterback that is as accurate and decisive. I think you got to yeah. go zone and look at them and, and it's make them take seven, eight, nine, ten plays to get down the yeah. field. And make make him be patient. Zone. Make them dink and dunk it down the field. Bend but don't break. Figure out whether or not you can blow up in the red zone, I think, is the best philosophy. Uh, yeah. Giving up big plays. Bringing pressure, I think, is going to be something you got to do, but you've got to figure out how to get that defensive line to give you something, man. I want to see a pass rusher emerge on this freaking defense, man. That'll be Come awesome. on, man. That'll be awesome. JJ Brand, Coach Hugh Free says, no change of philosophy. Should we be concerned? Uh, <laughs> you know, it was it was very interesting. We saw this in 2021, and we thought that after the Georgia State game, that them sticking with Bo was a mistake because he had shown that he couldn't handle whatever they were asking him to do. And then TJ show well in that moment, but then they went back to Bo and Bo had to that point, I thought the most impressive game of his Auburn career to that point. And there is something to saying you didn't get it, but you're starting to get it. Like if you as the offensive coordinator and the play caller and the play designer, see the beginnings of the light turned on, but Hugh Freeze said he was actually encouraged by some of the throws that Peyton Thorne made into which game. And yeah, after I calmed down, I was like, you know what? You did all right. Like, you did all right. Now, the, the wide receivers didn't help you out much. But, yes, you, it started to come together. If they saw enough to go, we have something to work with, we can take the next step with this, let's do it, then, we, I mean, we got to assume that they know what they're talking about. They've done this more than anybody else here having this conversation has. So, giving them the benefit of the doubt, I think, still is is worth it because – 
they are the one calling these plays. And there's a lot of times where we still don't know as fans, we know what the result was, but what did you ask them to do? You know how close they were to, to getting it right as far as what you asked them to do or how many pieces were off right there. So if they think that they can clean it up a little bit and get us to an okay offense, that's really, maybe we take the step from very bad to mediocre or from, from mediocre to okay. If that's an improvement you think you can make along with a solid defensive game plan that gives you a chance to win, then I'm all for it. I'm, I'm not worried that they don't completely throw the whole thing out because it has been an investment from camp from spring camp to fall camp to now, you've used a lot of your time, your resource, trying to make this offense work with this quarterback to bail now would maybe to take too too much of a step back. So I get it. I'm, I'm not discouraged by their decision to stick with what they've been doing. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think um, you, you got to qualify what you mean by philosophical change too. Like we're going to be an RPO team. We're going to be a team that is apparently, you know, using the quarterback in the run. Right. So are they going to stop doing that all of a sudden? I don't think so. I think what needs to happen a little bit more is more of the Samford game plan and less of the Texas A&M game plan. Yeah. Um, you know, as far as getting the ball out of the quarterback's hands quickly and figuring out how to get your athletes in space against a team that has not done well tackling in space against a team that's been giving, you know, soft cushions or if they're going to step up and play man, figuring out how to continue to give your guys opportunities to make contested catches because you're going to have to do that. Coach Free said yeah. that himself in the press conference. Listen, you're going to have to make contested catches. It's not going to always be wide open. And if yeah. you're looking for guys to be running wide open all the time, open and wide open are two different things. And that's, right. I think, philosophically a thing that fans need to understand. There's right. a difference between being open and being wide open. Right. You don't have to be wide open all the time for passes to be completed consistently. Right. Right. You need a quarterback that's willing to pull the trigger into those spaces and you need wide receivers that are willing to go and catch it in those contested areas and be able to be talented enough to come away with 50-50 balls if it's a very closely contested catch. Right. But if you're open, you should catch the ball if you're open, the quarterback should deliver the ball to you. We don't need a, philosoph a philosophical change in order to make that happen. The open stuff has been there all the, all along. Right. The problem has been either the delivery from the quarterback or the catches from the wide receiver or who the, whoever the receiver is running back tight end. That's what needs to happen. If we can do those things more consistently, back to what Todd was saying about the execution of those mm -hmm. things, mm -hmm. we're fine. Yeah. Uh. James Barnett says, fellas, haven't been in this situation. Haven't we, haven't we been in this situation before? LSU had a high-powered offense when they won the national championship, but when they played us, we were one play away from beating them, and we held them under their average. Definitely have been. We talked about this a little bit already. Um, you know, and in that season – now, see, that season, though, we weren't as – even though I wasn't confident in our offense, I didn't feel like our offense was incompetent. Or right, right. Our offense thus far in Power Five games has not looked competent. Right. right. Um, I felt as if the issue that season was a combination of poor game plans, like from the standpoint of Gus yeah. Malzahn being absolutely stubborn with what he wanted to do that was not working. Yeah. Right. Coach Hugh Freeze has done things. Philip Montgomery have done has done things that's worked. Like we've had successful drives in these Power Five games mm -hmm. that we've shot ourselves in the foot from penalties to uh, drops to turnovers. Yeah, right. But 
the plan of what they're doing and the execution of that stuff has worked for portions of the game. And you've seen competence along the way that season, that offense looked bad because I don't think that we were doing anything that suited the personnel that we had available to us. Right. Anything. Right. I just, I just didn't, I was not very confident in the plan we had going into those games. Dernshire wasn't confident that we were going to adjust that plan during the game. Right. Like it just felt it was, I, I don't know. Actually, I don't know whether I was more frustrated that season with our offense or this season. Because it's been I, frustrating watching offense. I think I was year. more frustrated that season because our defense was good enough for us to go a lot farther than we yeah. could. Like the offense just had to, we were able to overpower less talented teams, but against more talented teams. I'm, I'm with you in that we didn't have anything that we had on the field. And that that was that was rough. That that was rough. Definitely was rough. Chris S says, "Hot take here: Our lack of pass rush will single-handedly lose this game for us." I I don't know about that. This single-handedly lose this game for us. Listen, LSU is a good offense, and if they score points with a good offense, you tip your hat and keep it moving. Right. I'm actually looking for the offense to do the work for us on this game. And and what that I mean by ball that control. is ball control. Like keep the ball. Like you can. You can actually get, hold on, I'm going back to these stats right here. The PFF tackling grade for LSU as a defense is 109 out of 130. We've got some elite running backs. We've got a run game where we've been able to get what we want against Texas A&M and Georgia on the ground. Buddy, I should be able to hand off and get five yards for an entire game. I should be able to wear this defense down. They don't want to tackle. They're not disciplined in holding their gaps. Get what you want. You go out there and keep eating. Jaden Daniels go, stays over there holding that 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 helmet and, and laughing it up with the rest of the offensive players. That's how you win this game. The defense doesn't have to to if we absolutely have to get out of the after the quarterback, it should be in situations where they're down 10 with like two minutes left. And now we have to cover to a certain extent. Yes. Yes. The the pass rush will need to get after the quarterback. Of course they will. But I think this offense is good enough. They're going to get their points no matter what. You slow them down. You hope you can limit them somewhat. But you keep the ball so long, they don't get a chance to get out there 9, 10, 11 drives and get whatever they want. Keep them on there for like 6, 7, 8 drives, which is possible if you have an insane game plan and keep it on the ground. Yeah, well, I look forward to seeing what game plan our defensive staff comes up with because I have a lot of confidence in their ability to put together competent game plans. I actually have a lot of confidence in our offensive staff's ability to put together competent game plans. I just want to see the game day play calling and execution be better holistically um, and listen, limit the penalties and please don't turn the ball over against this defense, man. That's what's going to give them. Don't give them abilities to get stops for you. Make them get, get the stops on the field by holding on to the football and throwing the ball to the guys that are open and not into the people in the opposite colored jerseys. That'll do it. All right. All right. We are going to get out of here. We'll be back at you guys tonight, but until then, and as always, War Eagle. Peace. Peace. Rock!